Hi there. I'm Jen Hale Christie, and you're listening to Preach Her. This podcast is designed around the reality that many of our churches are shrinking because we haven't created a place where everyone can belong. So if you're seeing that reality in your own church, or you've experienced that and left the church or never even went, this podcast is for you. Welcome. Have you heard about our Patreon community? It is an awesome way to join me and others in this good work, whether you want to support women preachers and make sure that this work continues, or if you want to actually partner with me and have direct input, like you want to have a 30 minute phone call with me every month, or you want to join the sermon prep team, or you want to come and visit my family um, in Portland and help produce an episode. There are opportunities for you to engage at whatever level feels good for you. And everyone who's in the community gets access to our monthly letter um, delivered to your inbox at the end of every month. So click the link in the show notes and let me know what you think. We are in season three, which means we are making our way through the book of Acts. I like to call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Today, we have a special guest preacher named Jen Gash, who is a current student at Pepperdine. And um, afterwards, after we hear her sermon, stick around to hear our conversation about life and ministry and hope for the church. And now, let's hear a word. Close your eyes. Come on. Close them. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Focus on being present here. Let's imagine a scene together. We are Jews living in Judea about 2,000 years ago. A rabbi named Jesus has recently been crucified, but his followers still believe that he is the long-awaited Messiah. Today is the festival of Pentecost, and we are gathered to celebrate the harvest. Pentecost is an exciting day, a time of rejoicing over the way God has blessed our crops and remembering God's faithfulness to always do so. Though it's only nine in the morning, a large crowd of all ages gathers excitedly. Children laugh and chase each other around. The smell of grain permeates the air. Suddenly, it is no longer a normal Pentecost. Your heartbeat quickens. Many Jews, both men and women, who adhered to the teachings of Jesus were sitting around when tongues of fire descended on them. They started speaking all different languages, yet everyone could understand each other. They seem pretty drunk, even though it's the morning. What is going on? These people are not honoring this special festival. Surrounded by his friends, who also follow Jesus, a man named Peter stands up to explain what happened. With this scene in your mind, open your eyes as we listen to Peter's words from Acts 2, 14b through 36. I will be reading from the NRSV if you would like to follow along. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. 
The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you both see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. You listen to Peter's words as he teaches about Jesus and how his life impacts yours. As you hear them, you wonder, what does it mean? How do these prophecies affect me? And then you begin to understand. You are cut to the heart. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Messiah. Even though we crucified Jesus, he was resurrected from the dead and has now poured out the Holy Spirit. I want this Holy Spirit. What should we do? You ask Peter. Listen to Peter's response from Acts 2, 38-41. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. Perhaps this was the process for those who heard Peter's famous sermon that day. Listen, know, and do. Hear the words, understand the words, and act upon the words. We have heard the words, so now let's move to understanding them. As you know, today's passage comes from the book of Acts. Acts picks up where the Gospel of Luke left off. It tells the story of of Jesus' followers as they strengthen in number 
conviction, and conflict with authority. Acts is full of missionary journeys, miracles, and sermons. Our passage in Acts 2 is one of the book's most famous sermons. It comes directly after the Holy Spirit comes upon the believers on the day of Pentecost. The whole tongues of fire situation is super strange to those who observed it, so it's up to Peter to explain what's going on. To do so, he uses Old Testament passages called fulfillment citations. Fulfillment citations are instances when an Old Testament prophecy is fulfilled through Jesus' actions. The first passage he looks at comes from the prophet Joel. In this passage, Joel talks about the things that are going to happen in the last days. Peter uses this to describe the time between the first and second coming of the Messiah. In other words, after the Messiah has come, this is what is going to happen. All flesh will receive the Spirit. And when he says all, he means all. Young, old, male, female, free, oppressed. Peter presents a message of inclusive transformation. Every person who calls on Jesus can be saved and changed by the Holy Spirit. So, the weird fire thing that happened, that was the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Now that that has been explained, Peter moves on to remind the Israelites about Jesus' life. During his ministry, Jesus performed numerous miracles through God's power. God knew the Jews were going to crucify Jesus, and it was a necessary part of God's plan. Because Jesus was crucified, he was able to be resurrected to show that God is more powerful than everything, including death. This description of Jesus' resurrection leads into Peter's next citation, Psalm 16. In this psalm, David talks about God's Holy One and how he was perfect and did not remain in the grave. David is still in his grave, so it seems as though David was talking about someone else. Peter claims that David is prophesying about the Messiah who will come from the family line of David. To close his sermon, Peter summarizes the main points of his message. Jesus, the person who performed miracles, was the Messiah, the person David prophesied about. You crucified Jesus, but he was resurrected from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God. Jesus has poured out the Holy Spirit so that you will see his power and hear his message of communal redemption. Scripture says that those who listened to Peter's sermon were cut to the heart. Other versions translate this phrase as pierced to the heart, distressed, and troubled. This is the only occurrence of that phrase in the New Testament. They have a conviction so deep in this moment that it is never replicated. They now understand that the fire was the coming of the promised Holy Spirit. Further, they feel disturbed because they share the guilt of crucifying Jesus. Even though God showed them countless signs that Jesus was the Messiah, they didn't believe. They have listened to Peter's message, and now they understand it. Now that they know, what do they do? In accordance with Peter's instructions, they act. 3,000 people decide to repent, to change the way they think about Jesus. After choosing to believe that Jesus is both Lord and Messiah, they take action and get baptized. Scripture says that this is when they received the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know whether them repenting or being baptized is what caused these new Christ followers to receive the Holy Spirit, the point still stands. They now have the Holy Spirit and are therefore changed. This transforms the 3,000. 
This diverse group of people came together to proclaim that Jesus is Lord, and as the next section of Acts 2 details, their way of life is radically altered. We listen to these words, mine, Peter's, and those of the writer of Acts, and we know better the sermon that established the foundation of the church. We hear the prophecies fulfilled through the early church, those that we can choose to continue to fulfill through our actions. So what do we do? We choose to continue or start following Jesus. We take on Jesus in baptism to follow his example and the example set by the apostles. Through choosing to follow Jesus, we get to have the Holy Spirit always dwelling within us. We are propelled by the Holy Spirit to preach, prophesy, and share the universally inviting message of Jesus with others. The message was so compelling that those who listened and knew and chose to act amounted to about 3,000 people. Is it still that compelling to you today? How does this message sit with you? Let's take a moment to examine where each of us are out with this message right now. Do you need to listen? Have you not heard the message of Jesus? Does it not fall on your ears as good news? Do you need to know? Like, really know? Do you hear words of life and hope and redemption in church or on podcasts but never feel cut to the heart? Do you need to do? Are you holding on to something that is keeping you from fully surrendering to Jesus? Maybe you feel like you've got a handle on the external sins, but are you selfish, prideful, or angry? Do you have trust issues with God? If you've already surrendered to Jesus, been transformed by the Holy Spirit, and shared the gospel with your community, this is a message for you too. Perhaps there are people you're leaving out of the all Peter talks about. Who are you rejecting the way that many Jews rejected Jesus? Who are the people that don't fit into your picture of the church community? Wherever you're at, hear this. God raised Jesus up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out the Holy Spirit so that you both see and hear. The Spirit of God is available to you, to everyone. As you listen, know, and do, the Spirit of God that came upon the believers at Pentecost will come alongside you. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for allowing us to have access to scripture so that we can learn more about you and your earliest followers. We pray that today's message would stay with us as we go about our days and weeks. Remind us that your Holy Spirit is available to everyone at all times. Help us to repent of the things that are pulling us away from you so that we can be transformed by you and brought near to you. Give us receptive ears to listen to your word. Teach us how to know you, not just know about you. Give us the courage to act on what you're asking us to do. Help us to welcome others the way that you welcomed us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Jen Gash, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Well, first off, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your sermon. It's beautiful, and you sound like you've been preaching for a while. Thank you. 
Um, how many times have you preached? I don't actually know. My okay. estimate is between five and 10. Okay. Um, but yeah, probably closer to 10. Okay. Is it, has it mainly been at Pepperdine or other places? Yeah. So in high school, I did the next gen preacher search twice. Oh. Um, and so through that, I got to preach the same sermon just a lot of times. And then uh, at Pepperdine, I've done Celebration Chapel a couple of times um, and just kind of different things um, too at my church, but um, yeah, just small things here and there. Okay. Awesome. So you have been a student at Pepperdine. Mm -hmm. All right. So for our listeners who don't know, can you tell us what Next Gen Preacher Search is? Sure. Yeah. So it's a program where high school and college students come to Pepperdine for a weekend of pretty intensive preaching training mm -hmm. um, from different ministers and professors and just people um, in the Churches of Christ mainly. Um, and you get to make a sermon that's about five minutes and just continue to practice that, um, hear from different people what they think about it and have sessions where kind of like at a conference, how you learn about specific things. So um, how to improve your tone or how to improve presentation or how to prepare for a sermon, kind of all the different steps leading up to it. And then at the end, um, you get to record it. And then five people are chosen um, out of that 25 to speak around the country at different conferences. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I've been um, sitting on the other side of it for the last couple of years as a reviewer. Right. I think it's like review, maybe reviewing students who are wanting to come to that yeah. event. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I don't know how many students per year, but about a hundred submit sermons and then people like you review them and then 25 come to Pepperdine and then five go from there. Wow. So thank you for reviewing. <laughs> oh yeah. Happy to. Okay. So um, let's dive in and talk about your sermon. I, I love the like, um, the kind of refrain and the way that you structured it um, around like listen, know, and do, and how you invite us to like consider where we are um, in that. Like, are we kind of in a listening phase? Or do we kind of need to lean into the knowing or do we need to kind of move into action and the, in the doing? Like, we know what we should do. We've heard, we, we know it. Um, Tell us more about what this was like for you, like what this text was like for you, how it's been working in your heart and your life. Yeah, definitely. I think going into it, I thought I knew what I was going to do. And I just had the idea of what I'd always been taught of, you know, this is what the text is about. And this is what Pentecost is. And I hadn't really looked into it. Um, so this was, this process for me was about thinking for myself um, instead of just taking what I thought I knew. Mm -hmm. And it's something that Lauren Beggert, who was one of my mentors, really encouraged me to do was um, take another look at it. Don't mm -hmm. just go with what you think it is um, because there's always going to be something new that you can um, encounter in a text. And so just going with your first idea isn't always the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it took the a little bit of um, humility for me to just step back and be like, well, maybe I don't know everything right now. Uh, maybe I need to read it again and maybe I need to listen this time and kind of see what else there is for me. Um, mm -hmm. So that's something that I learned, which is a lesson that isn't necessarily specific to Acts, but something that I could have learned from anything. Um, but as far as this text goes, I think it, um, it just really, for me, was about learning um, that there's, there's more to the story than just you know, Peter gives a sermon and then everybody becomes a Christian. It's like, what's going on underneath um, within the people who are hearing it? Mm -hmm. And also the fact that not everybody who hears it um, decides to become a Christian, that there are people who, you know, th th this doesn't do it for them. Um, and also that 
it says in the text that Peter um, used many more arguments that are just not recorded. So we don't know what else he said. Um, yeah. But the fact that it doesn't, it's not just, oh, Peter said these words. And so if I say these words, then everyone will repent and be baptized. Um, sometimes it takes more than that. And yeah. I think all the time it takes more than just um, one person saying something one time. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a lesson for me in this. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I really liked how you started out um, setting the scene of Pentecost, um, mm-hmm. which I mean, like I was pulled into it um, mm-hmm. by your words. Like I hadn't thought about the fact that this was kind of a regular celebration that they did every year. Like this is what, mm-hmm. you know, people were gathered for this and, you know, Peter and the other believers interrupt that um, right. and kind of what that might've been like. And and maybe um, in some ways, like the openness and the faith that it might take to be willing to consider a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty radical openness for those early hearers to kind of hear him and hear the what might be perceived as condemnation. You know, uh, P.S. You guys were the ones who killed him. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I had never noticed that in the text before. Kind of the the harshness of like, I mean, the accusation that you killed Jesus. Yeah. But Jesus is still offering this to you despite that. I think that was interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And to have thousands of people, especially mm-hmm. in that day and age, you know, thousands of people who hear it and they're like, yeah, okay. I see it. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty remarkable. Okay. Um, what else do you want to share with us about, um, about this process, about kind of your preaching journey? I mean, you're still in college. You're still mm-hmm. figuring out what's next for you after college. I don't want to put any pressure <laughs> and assume that you know what you're doing next, but yeah. you know, is, is preaching or ministry, like, is there something like that that you kind of have a hint of in your future? Yeah. So, I mean, I do sort of have a rough plan. Of course, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do want to get my MDiv. Um, awesome. I think that'll really just set me up for success in ministry in any capacity. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully it's preaching, but I don't know. Um, and staying within the churches of Christ is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, I would also be super delighted to do ministry in a different uh, capacity or to teach um, kind of at any level. But I just don't know how much education I'm um, personally capable of. But hopefully it'll be at least my master's. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, you never know until you get into it, right? Seriously, yeah. Yeah, I did um, my undergrad in psychology and it was Mm -hmm. like, I was just getting a degree to get a degree, like, because you had to get something, you know, why don't I study something that's kind of fun? But then when I went to do the MDiv, it was like, oh my goodness, this is what I was made for. Like, I could stay here forever. I could do this for years and years. I just, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm actually double majoring in religion and psychology. So, yeah, hear it. (laughs) <laughs> I figured it would be good to get in those uh, counseling classes uh-huh. and, um, without, you know, having to do two masters or anything, but just to have that a little bit of a foundation of, okay, this is, you know, what marriage and family therapy is like. This is counseling theories. This is kind of how to understand people a little better. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. What a gift that you're able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Well, any final words before we head out? Yeah, I'm, I would just encourage everyone who's listening to um, continue listening to this podcast and I'm um, enjoying the messages from people, from women who have so much to share and, um, you know, as Jen always says, continuing to empower those in your community. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate your words and especially your words about um, 
about, you know, who, who are we not including yet mm -hmm. that we need to have eyes to see um, and heart, open hearts to, to extend that invitation and that inclusion. Um, and I just thank you so much for being part of this. And I look forward to continuing to watch you from afar and um, we'll look forward to having you back on the podcast. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks. If today you find yourself on the outside without a seat at the table or a voice in the conversation, may you lean into the truth that you're always welcome in God's community. If you are one who wears the name minister, pastor, elder, shepherd, or are otherwise known as a faith leader, may you extend God's yes to those you might have said no to in the past. May you be emboldened and encouraged to honor the space that God has already created for all. Let's build bigger tables together. If something in you was stirred today, reach out. Hearing from you really does help to shape the future of this podcast. You'll have the greatest impact and opportunities for engagement by joining our Patreon community by clicking that Become a Patron button on our page, patreon.com slash jenhalechristie. And I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at jenhalechristie. Lastly, you would really help others to connect with this work if you would subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time.